Hello and welcome to Your Path to Success. I'm Ruth Kearns-Volman and I created this podcast to inspire, encourage and equip you on your leadership journey as you navigate the twists and turns of life and career. One of the challenges we all face at some point is whether we should stick where we are or take a risk and try something new. In 2019, my guest for this episode, David Brumann, made the toughest decision of his life so far. He left his corporate job in biotech here in Switzerland to go to Cambodia and head up an education program with a Christian NGO called ICF, that's International Christian Fellowship. Today, he has not only successfully navigated the transition to humanitarian work on a different continent during COVID, he has also started his own consultancy and he has recently published a book for Christian singles called Single for a Season. During our conversation, David shares some of what he's learned over these past two years about how he made the decision to leave a career he loved, how he's learned to blaze his own trail, and how living and working in Cambodia during COVID has helped him not only discover new talents he didn't really realize he had, it's also taught him how to adapt to change. Enjoy the interview. So I'm here today with David Brühlmann. David is a scientist, he's a humanitarian and a published author, and he left his corporate job in the biotech industry nearly two years ago. So David, thank you for joining me today from Cambodia. Thanks, I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, and so um, for me, it's great because, um, you know, I think of all my podcast guests so far, you're the first Swiss-born person I've interviewed and I know that you've traveled all over the world you're a bit of a global citizen now you're in Cambodia but what do you miss about Switzerland when you're away for a long time what I miss is hiking in the beautiful Swiss Alps this is really (laughs) something I miss and also I love the delicious cheese dishes like fondue and raclette this is really (laughs) just amazing and it's very difficult to get here (laughs) yes uh, what could I say? I I agree with you. So well, next time you come over, we have to meet up. We have to go for a hike and uh, a raclette. I prefer raclette to fondue, but... That's fine. Raclette is perfectly <laughs> fine. <laughs> so we've known each other for over 10 years, I guess, probably. And we've served in church together. Um, and you've always had a heart to serve. But what made you decide to leave your corporate job to go to Cambodia and to lead... ICF's education program there? Everything began in 2018, no, 2016, exactly. It began in 2016 when I was on vacation in Southeast Asia with my brother. We were in Singapore and then we went to Cambodia. And as I was walking through the streets in the capital city of Cambodia, Phnom Penh, my heart broke. And I was just looking at those poor people and especially very young people and I had, I call this, it was kind of, I, I, I can stand it no more moment. I was just, we have to do something. We have to invest in these young people and help them get out of poverty. And at that stage, I had just no idea what to do. And I was thinking about some things we could do. And one idea that popped up was like, well, maybe I could help them learn English. Because when you speak English, you can access to pretty much all the information on the internet. But I had no idea how to pull that off. And 
Well, then I went back home, went back to work, and I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> then <laughs> life happens. Life happens, exactly. And then uh, it, I think it was a year later or so, my pastor in, in my church, he came, Hey, David, would you take a group of people over to Cambodia? And then I was like, Oh, yeah, of course, I would love to do that. And we went, we went to Cambodia. And we served two weeks in a church, an NGO in Siem Reap, Cambodia. And then it was this aha moment. It's like, this is it. We have to work together. Because that organization had already um, trained several Cambodian caseworkers, so, so social staff that would go into the villages. And they had all the contacts. And I was like, that's it. We have to team up. And I talked with the, the leader of, of the organization and said, hey, I have a heart for education. Let's do something. And then he said, well, if you find the money, we will start. And I told him, deal, that's it. And that's how it started. And then I went back home. I was working. And then once uh, it was in, in 2018, I went there for vacation just to see a bit what actually happened in Cambodia and at that stage he offered me to come to come and said hey David we need you and yeah that's the reason I I went to Cambodia <laughs> yeah and we were working together a bit at that time doing some coaching and I know that and I know not just for you for a lot of people is is not an easy process to decide to leave a corporate comfortable job to leave Switzerland, one of the richest nations in the world, and to, you know, there's just a lot to lose. You know, how did you go about making that decision? Tell us a bit about that. It was one of the most difficult decisions I made in my life because I was in a thriving corporate career. I love my job. I had so much fun working with people. I was successful. And when I had, well, when the leader of the organization suggested me to come over, I was a bit, actually, I would love to do that. But on the other hand, I loved science and the corporate world so much. Mm -hmm. And there was a part of me who was saying, well, I have to lose so much if I left the job. Like, Is it really wise to do that? Mm -hmm. And what... I did is I wrestled with the question for about a month or so, mm -hmm. thinking it through, weighing the pros and cons, also praying about it. I talked with a few people who know me very well, just to understand, is this something that would fit my personality? Is it wise to do so? And then I came to a point where I just had to let go of the science. I said, okay, maybe I have to do some sacrifices in life. <laughs> and at the same time, I had this feeling just to say, well, actually, what do I have to lose? In the worst case, two years later, if everything fails, it, will, it would just be an amazing experience. And I could probably go back to the corporate world. And this thought helped me just to, to, to jump into the water mm. and take this courageous step. Yeah. It's like a complete reframe, isn't it? You know? Yes, correct. Yeah, so. kind of, what have I got to lose in the positive sense? It's like, what have I got to gain here? And you said, you know, worst case scenario, two years later, you know, it all fails, you could come back. And you are two years later, almost. I think it's about two years, isn't it? It's two years um, later, yes. What have you 
learned? You know, is there anything you would have done differently or anything you regret? That's the people question people always answer me that annoys me. What do you, do you regret anything? Because I think there are things maybe, but not what people would think. So first of all, I don't regret my decision to leave the corporate world at all. It, the two years were amazing. Obviously, there were some challenges. There were a lot of challenges. It's not all was not all um, roses and and just easygoing life. But I think it was a wise decision. It was a great decision, and it it's been a, an adventure and an amazing experience in a different culture and just to and also an, an eye opener experience just to look at different different things in life. What I do regret is I probably, when I left to Cambodia, I had expectations how it should be. And obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, several things happened. Um, there were some changes in the organization, then COVID happened, and there were other things that happened. And a lot of things actually turned out differently than I, than, than I expected. And I would probably say the next time I take such a decision, make such a decision, I just go and see what happens. <laughs> I think it's much better, especially in a country like Cambodia, where a lot of things can happen. It's not so organized like Switzerland. And that's great, too. It's great. Yeah, it, it, like you said, it's it's a huge eye-opener. What are the biggest things you learned, in particular about yourself, who you are, your leadership, the legacy you want to leave? What, what did you learn? I learned that what mattered most in life is not necessarily my personal success and having a lot of money in life. Nothing against money and career, not at all. I think it's it's important. But I really realized that actually what mattered the most is what impact I'm making. What is the legacy I'm leaving? Mm. How do I change people? What do I invest in other people's lives? So for instance, to tell you a story, um, obviously one change also that happened is I went to build up an education program. Then the leader told me, hey, we have an emergency in our fundraising department, donor relations. Uh, Could you help out? And I was, well, I was thinking about it and I, and I knew it would not just be a, a few months, it would be a longer term assignment. But at the same time, I was able to empower people and it was a great experience. It was a, an area I've never worked in, but we started out with nothing. We're just the two of us. And I started building that person up and making him a strong leader. And long story short, he's now as I'm going to draw out of that department, he's now taking over the leadership. So I, it's a great success story actually for me. And also at the same time, I always told the leader, we have to empower local people and we have to hire local people, even though we work with overseas donations. And now also I'm really happy about that because we were able to hire two Cambodian staff who are amazing, who are doing an amazing job. And this is for me, success I think this is empower people and making an impact Mm. yeah it's amazing and one of the things that it sounds like you learned but you can tell me how it is for you is how to adapt to changing circumstances you know this entrepreneurial spirit and and the other thing which you're clearly saying is about the importance of more the impact of what you're doing and the legacy that you're going to leave rather than you know, the exact 
what? It's not necessarily about the what. I, I think in Western, in the Western culture, and especially in the corporate world, we're very focused on our objectives. What are we achieving? What is it? Are we going to buy the next car, the next house? Where are we going to invest? And what I learned here in Cambodia is that people don't really care about that. It's not the result that is important in this culture. It's, it's the relationship. It's just, did we, did we spend a good time together? Did we have a good time together? And, and I think this is... It, 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 it was really a great learning experience for me not to focus only on the outcomes, but instead actually focus more on the person I'm working with. And that's one of the lessons I learned here in Cambodia, just to, to focus on people. It's about the who I'm working and, and, and what is going on in that person. Who is that person gonna be, um, going to become because of what I'm doing? And the other thing I had to learn here in Cambodia and just to step out of the corporate world is learn to pivot because we live in a changing world. And well, I moved over to a different culture, then the pandemic arrived, then other things happened and you just have to constantly adapt. And this is also something I see here in this culture. People just adapt. They don't complain they one day they sell something and it doesn't work okay we have tried and we try something else and this is really amazing to see yeah that this ability to to pivot and to, to adapt to changing circumstances and so what have you done with that learning how's it changed you it changed me in a way that i'm i've become a confident entrepreneur <laughs> i actually realized that i loved being an entrepreneur that I'm very good at because, well, in the corporate world, I was successful, but probably these entrepreneurial talents were, were not needed that much or were a bit hidden, but just by working in a completely different environment, I learned to, to become an entrepreneur and to, to move forward and to, to develop new ideas. And I think, Something also I learned is to become much more resilient to change and to say, okay, it's changing and it will not tear me apart. I just going to figure out what are, what are the opportunities in this change and how, how actually can I adapt to that and what, the, what is the difference I can make? Hmm. Something's coming up for me and I want to see if this is something that, yeah, that resonates with you. It, it sounds as though part of it is about where people place their identities, you know, you, you said that before uh, leaving, the hardest thing to let go of for you was actually this, the science. Um, I remember having a conversation about that. You know, science is something that you're, you're passionate about and so on. And yet what you seem to have learned is that in Cambodia and in the environment you've moved to, people's identity is more in relationship and in building others up rather than in you know, what I own, what I, uh, uh, the baggage that we carry with us in the world. And I'm just curious about what you've learned about who you are and the value you, you have. What I learned is that I don't need to put my identity in my personal achievements. Um, it doesn't matter 
how successful I am. It doesn't matter how much money I earn. Doesn't matter. And I don't have to compare myself with with other people who maybe are more advanced than I am. I think this is really something I learned. I learned just to run my own race, which is different. And that's okay. That's totally okay. And um, and some people like it, other people don't like it, but that's totally fine. So I don't base my identity in other people's opinions anymore or in how society thinks we should be. Mm. I think this is quite a Swiss thing as well. Uh, as Swiss people, we often think, well, what, what does my neighbor think about me? <laughs> this is so and, Swiss. And not just Swiss people. I mean, I think it's it's very Western, this kind of comparison and status, um, how people see me, the whole kind of Instagram culture is is really something which is which is tricky in in our, you know, in yeah. our generation. I, I want to talk about your book, if I may now, because one of the things that you're encouraging people to do in your book, Single for a Season, is to really live a fulfilled life and not to place their identity on their marital status. Tell us a bit about how the book came about. I was serving with a lot of, actually with a lot of signals when I was back in Switzerland. So I volunteer at my local church. And I was a community pastor, so I had to deal with a lot of people. And, and I was responsible for people between 30 and 40, 45 years of age. And it happened just that the, most of these people were single people. And they were not weird. They were, they were not like, <laughs> that, you know, always, sometimes you think like, why are these people still single? Like, do they have expectations that are not realistic or are they weird or what's going on? And I just realized, no, they're great people. Nothing is wrong with them. And it helped me also understand that just because I'm single, I'm not weird. There is no direct link between bizarre or weird and your marital status. And that's how this came about. And then, well, the moment really when, when everything started was um, I was at the Christian conference in, the, in London, in the UK. And one pastor asked us, do you have a bucket list? And I said, no, I don't have that. And, and I remember we were a couple of us and we went home and we started the bucket list. And then thinking of, of things I could put into that list. One so thing a list, came, of, list of things that you want to do or achieve? Do, yeah, the list of things I want to do or achieve until the end of my life. Hmm. And one thing was writing a book, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy because in school, I hated writing. I was really bad at writing, but something happened. And I said, well, okay, that's a crazy idea. And what should I write about? I had just no idea. And then a few weeks later, it hit me and, and it was like, oh, I have to write it on the topic of singleness. And that's how I wrote the book. And my, my, my desire is to help singles thrive and just to make the most out of their single season mm -hmm. and not put their identity in what other people think they are, they're weird or no, not just say, okay, I'm single and that's good. And it's good for a season. And what should I do with that? Mm. Yeah. And I want to ask you a little bit in kind of in relation to the book, I think, but about the significance of turning 40 for you because a lot a lot of the what we've talked about you know uh, whether it be how satisfied I am with my career 
do I want to be married or not? Um, and how do I want to live my life? Uh, these are questions that come up at that birthday, let's say, or that life stage that kind of around that birthday. Was that something that was significant for you? Well, it's funny is when I celebrated my 40th birthday, nothing happened. It was just, just a great party and that's it with, with friends and family. But then I think something happened actually when I went to Cambodia and this was a starting point of, and, and I'm still in the middle of that, just to ask questions like, what do I want to do with my life? What is the impact I want to make? What is the next step in my life? And I would not say it's a midlife crisis. There's no, not at all, but, and I think it's healthy just to think about for a moment and not always run that, that race and just to work and never think about your life. So I, I started new habits just to, to, to actually every quarter think about what are my goals? Where do I want to be in five years and 10 years, maybe in 50, 50 years from now. Hmm. And these are very important questions to ask and 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 yeah maybe it's the age maybe I've become a bit wiser I don't know but I want to make a difference and I want to be there where where I'm passionate about where I'm might where I'm talented and I think yeah where 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 I'm needed as well that's really that's my desire Mm. yeah and so Talking about that, you know, where do you want to be in 50 years time, you know, on your 90th birthday, what would you, what would you like to be able to celebrate? (laughs) A lot of things. (laughs) Well, I want to say that I lived my life to the fullest and I reached my potential. So I want to spend the next, let's say the second half of my life, really investing in people, in, in education, in the business world, helping people um, empower. So my idea is also to invest in people in the, in the developing countries and, and help them become successful entrepreneurs. I want to help them find their God-given identity and, and purpose in life. And that's the reason I wrote the book Single for a Season. I want to help right now singles because that's my topic to to find their god-given purpose maybe later in my life it will be other people business people or married people i don't know but i want to help people find their identity and and give them keys and 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 help help people make uh, become better and i where, this is the funny thing. I also recently thought about my scientific and technical background again. So it never fully disappears because I believe I, I can also make a difference in, in, in very global topics. For instance, I have started to think about, well, what would be my role maybe in helping develop new vaccines or new healthcare solutions or things like that that's also a topic that's on my heart it's Mm -hmm. not concrete yet it's still at the development and idea stage Mm -hmm. but I believe these things will 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 come together Mm. it's interesting because I I sometimes look at my path and I think oh people must think it's a bit eclectic to say the least 
Um, you know, when you go from being a researcher in psychology and on bilingualism to working in the corporate world and consumer research, becoming a pastor, then becoming a coach. And yet, you know, it's amazing how the things thread together through our lives um, and how, you know, if, if we look on it the right way, nothing that we've uh, experienced or achieved is is lost if we're able to embrace it and and maybe let hold it a bit more loosely for a while, but then bring it forward. <clears throat> and I love your purpose and your and your desire to leave a legacy because you know I, I share that with you. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I'm a coach is because I want people to find their purpose, their God given purpose, to understand themselves better, so that they can also empower others through through what's been given to them uh so I love that um you know you've been through a lot of change what encouragement or advice would you give to someone who's sitting there in their job thinking I'm not sure I want to do this for the rest of my life take risks take risks (laughs) because I think you will more regret the 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 steps you did not take than taking a wrong step. That's my experience. I don't regret leaving the corporate world. And sometimes we think we're so afraid of losing everything. You can do something else. And I think it's even great to do something else once in a while and and to be a bit crazy because for too long, I was putting my life a bit off, just thinking, well, I should behave in the right way and then I move up the corporate ladder and you know you kind of follow everyone and nothing wrong about that it's it's good but if this is the only motivation I think then you're then it's not the right thing so take some risk and just life is is meant to be lived and to and to be enjoyed Mm -hmm. and if you have this desire to to leave your job or to 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 take on a new responsibility i would really think about it and and if 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 this desire does not go away just do it just Mm -hmm. just be curious i love what uh, what steve Jobs said he said stay curious and be hungry and i think that's really a great mindset and um Mm -hmm. especially today in this changing world in this fast changing world you don't know what happens. Maybe in 10 years, your company will not be, even exist anymore. Mm. And then maybe in 10 years, you will regret that you did not take it, uh, took a chance. Mm-hmm. So just do it and, and try. And if it doesn't work, so what? Just mm-hmm. do something else. And the, this is something I saw here in Cambodia. Just try. And then if it doesn't work, you, go, you do something else. Mm-hmm. So take risks because you're going to regret more the steps that you don't take than the ones that yeah. you do. Thank you so much, David. Uh, it's been great to talk to you. I look forward to seeing you next time you're over and having that raclette in the Alps with you. <laughs> Take care. How do you react to this idea of David's that you're more likely to regret the step you don't take than the one you do? In his story, there were two key factors that enabled him to finally step out and take the risk of leaving his corporate job. The first was knowing what was really important to him, what I call the pull of purpose. Remember him describing his I can't stand it moment where he felt compelled to make a difference to poverty in Cambodia through education? 
So when the opportunity to do something concrete about it came up, that pull of the resonance with his values and purpose were reignited in him. Yet there was still something holding him back. So that the second factor that helped him step out was that he was able to identify and reframe what he was afraid of losing, which for him was not so much the financial security as it was his love of his career in the corporate world and in science. But having asked himself what happens if it doesn't work out, he realised that he could probably return to the corporate world in the worst case. So the pressure was taken off the decision and he was able to move forward. We all have different factors compelling us to stay put or to step out. Some of them are obvious, others less immediately obvious, some of them are practical, some of them are more emotional. But this process of allowing ourselves to explore them, name them and reframe them is key. And if you're at a point in your life or in your career where you're asking yourself questions about the future and what changes you might want to make, I want to encourage you to get some support around your exploration. This is tough work to do on your own. I've seen it in my own life and in the life of my coaching clients. David talks about his process of reflecting on his own, but also asking others for input and working with a coach. A good professional coach will partner with you to create a safe and productive space for you to explore your questions and make intentional choices. This is work that I do one-on-one with people and tailor to their needs, But for people who like a more structured approach and the energy of a group, I've decided to run a coaching circle this autumn using a program I call Your Competency and Passion Compass. It's an eight-module program in three parts. First, we take a look back at your achievements on your journey so far to map out your competencies and passions. Then, we go deeper to identify your core strengths, values and personality features which contribute to who you are and the impact you have. Finally, we look forward to the principles you will use and choices you will make to chart your course as you move forward. If you're interested in joining me on this journey or finding out more about the Competency and Passion Compass, then do contact me via my website, yourpathtosuccess.ch. Thank you for joining and do subscribe to hear more inspiring stories of people's path to success.